Chris. Right. Now Chris has got the clap. Hey. Uh... We both got the clap. Welcome to the It Is Nigh uh, podcast. Yes. Um, welcome that's back. That's Harrison. I think. Oh, welcome back. For, I mean, uh, welcome back to me. I wasn't yeah, here yeah. last week. But welcome back to the rest of you who weren't here while Harrison and I hung out in this giant abyss that we call the internet. Mm. Um, that's right. We don't have physical Which isn't forms. a place, according <laughs> to Dave Chappelle. Not a real place, the internet. Not a real <laughs> Yeah, Harrison and I basically got on this call together for recording, as we do. As we do. And uh, and just started talking about Dave Chappelle. If you didn't catch last week's Nye Underground episode with Joe Bean, it's a goodie, and I would recommend it. Um, yeah, I, I thought Harrison and Joe were freaking hilarious. Joe Bean, as always, is one of just the best. Like He's just one of the best guest hosts you could ever ask for. He just totally nails it. That is at Joe underscore Bean on Twitter, by the mm. way. Give him some love. Yeah. But um. Oh, that's at Chris Wyden. Oh, who fucking cares? W-I-D-I-N. <laughs> no, 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 no. We care about this now. <laughs> we care about doing well. The pod is at. Oh my. God. It is an iPod. It is an iPod. Thank. It's not. That is... It's not at. Oh my God. That. that it is an iPod. Off script. And I'm. At Harry Stew. Internet somewhere. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you can find him at Harry Stew. If you don't know how to spell any of those, they will be in the description for your little pod uh, thingy on mm. Spotify or Apple Music. If you're on Apple, please rate us. If you are listening on anything that gives you the option to rate us, rate us five stars, please. Oh, see, I was just going to ask him to rate us. Like, give us an Yeah, you assessment. also hop on Twitter and give us a one out of ten. Yeah. Not about the show, just us personally. Just like, are we? <laughs> yeah, just like your face, one out of ten. Voice, point five out of ten. Mustache for Chris, that Must- would be a zero. For Harrison, that would be an eleven. Hot damn, it's looking good. Mm, it's very, very handlebarry. It, uh, it's part of a Halloween costume. Um, who are you being? Should I reveal it? Should I reveal it here on the It Is Nigh pod? I am... I don't know. Are you going to follow through? Oh, yeah, big time. I've already commissioned a cake. <laughs> yes, I, I I was thinking about how this would be a fun costume considering COVID times. Like, I was specifically trying to think of something that might be fun to do if I have to go somewhere wearing a mask. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I... I ugh, this is bad. This is very bad. I acknowledge this. I mostly use surgical masks, right? I know. Why is that bad? Because you should you should use washable ones. You shouldn't. Well, you shouldn't, I mean, like there's a, there's a whole wastefulness to it that, that there's I I think with masks there's a little leeway there because washable masks are like fifteen percent less effective. Really? Yeah. Huh. It is more. It is like safer for you to wear a surgical mask, but for well, monetary okay. reasons, yeah, safety it's better no- to use a. <laughs> Yeah, like safety reuse was, so you don't have to spend money. Yeah, safety was no consideration of mine. I was just being lazy, um, you know. But uh, I came to the conclusion that since I already had a bit of a mustache, uh, I a came bit. to the conclusion that I should be Dr. Dr. Strange. So, <gasps> what is the double doctor? Well, I've got – so the, what I commissioned is like the cloak of levitation. Because I was thinking, like, that would don't that would be, like, the only hard thing to get. I was like, wait a minute. I know a seamstress. 
or, or like I know a costume designer. Like that is that is something that I could absolutely do. So I've got scrubs, <laughs> like a stethoscope, the eye of Agamotto, the cape, and then I'm gonna wear like a surgical hat and a mask. But when I need to take the mask off, I've also got a sick stash. And, of course, I'll do, like, the white in the hair and all that good jazz. Because, no, dear listener, Doctor Strange does not have a fucking uh, goatee in the comics. He has a mustache. As does Iron Man, they're trying to take away our mustaches. Don't let them. Don't let the liberal media take away... Our mustaches. It, it, it's unacceptable. What are you looking at? You're, you... I'm trying to. I'm trying to quickly. I'm failing at this. I'm trying mm-hmm. to find if the 15% number I just gave was correct. Was accurate? So oh, Chris, we've moved on, baby. We're on. Know, we're on. Wanna, we're on. Doctor Doctor Strange. We're in the Strange Tales territory now. I don't. I don't want to miss Ooh. The viewer can't what see I it, but or true. the listener can't see it, but I'm doing some mudra right now oh. poorly. I gotta go over so I can see it. Oh, he is. Ooh. Ooh. All right. Well, so from my quick scan of this article, yes, surgical masks are more effective for protection, but no, I cannot find the percentage of how much. Well, at least not on short notice. We were fifty percent successful. We'll call it. Yeah. And that's a but, good percentage. You know, yeah, little little clarifying. Because there is a number floating around in my head. I remember looking all this shit up when I was in Vietnam in 2020 in February, right before the pandemic began. Because Why were we were getting all Vietnam? this news. Uh, because, you know, my my mom's retired and, and has nobody to travel with her. So she invited me on a trip to to go to Vietnam with oh. her. And then when we were there, you know, you keep checking the phone and it's like, oh. In a, in a country that's really close to this one, there seems to be a pretty pretty big disease problem coming, around, coming out. I wonder if that's going to make its way over to... Oh, it did. Ooh. Yeah, I really really don't know what's more amazing, that that I didn't get it or that I, <laughs> that I didn't get it. <laughs> well, those are the same option, but... I know. I'm glad, you yeah. di- I'm glad both were true. I'm glad right? you didn't get it and you didn't get it. Both of right. those I... make me happy. Speaking of uh, numbers and stats. Numbers and stats. Let's check the leaderboard. Honestly, Harrison, I will say, and I don't I don't know if this is because we've been Did it go asking down? people to. Uh... Did it go like way down? No. Uh-uh. I don't know if, if it's because we've been asking people to, uh, to engage with us, Ooh. but it turns out if you ask you receive mm-hmm. um last week's special episode mm-hmm. with with joe bean mm-hmm. has 14 listens wow and get this mm-hmm. our episode the week before mm-hmm. has 19 19 i know we almost cracked 20 Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> i tell you what it's all our agents Oh it's, yeah, it's all it's all those. It is it is General D. Frost of the Great North. It is uh, 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 Maestro Kata to the yeah. Town. You really didn't know where you were going when you started this. Deep. I didn't know where I was going when I started the word. 
Uh, I just picked an M sound, and Maestro was the first thing that came to mind. And of course, Deep Cell, Emmy the Bish. Uh, Deep Cell. They're doing, they're doing the Lord's work, and by the Lord, I of course mean uh, it is an iPod. Okay. Mm -hmm. What else could you mean? Nothing. I couldn't mean. Do uh, we we started off talking about. Dave Chappelle before mm -hmm. we were recording and we kind of talked about it at the beginning before we got sidetracked with with this now eight minute intro um, <laughs> a good nice long intro do we want to touch on Dave Chappelle you guys touched on it last week should we should we talk about it should yeah. we talk about the news well should that we... is it is news it is, it is news. Both. you know what call me crazy both yeah, we cover we cover some cultural stuff here, and uh, and again, if you didn't hear it last week, this this was this was on Nye Underground last week. But uh, Dave Chappelle released a new comedy special, and it was like really uh, really transphobic. I haven't watched it, but Harrison did to confirm the depths of its yeah. offensiveness. So and apparently, it's pretty <laughs> it's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing is that uh, I watched like a pr a sizable portion of it before last week's episode like 10 like 10 minutes okay. you know uh of like an hour 10 long special something like that um but i kind of went back because i was like i you know that 10 minutes was really bad but maybe i'm missing some kind of crucial context he is a comedian that tends to like build on his jokes and like it got it was worse with the context because not only <laughs> not only did like the trans conversation in general go on for like a lot longer than i was anticipating like probably a full 35 to 40 minutes the majority of the special is devoted to it um wow. yeah no uh watched it with Catherine. we kept checking the timestamp. like oh my god there's this much left uh oh. and the part that i saw only came to it didn't come until the very end. Um, but also, one one thing that I think is curiously missing from a lot of these conversations is that it's not just transphobia. I mean, if you had like a checklist of shit that's just like, hey, buddy, don't don't say that. <laughs> just just like one by one. I mean, and it did Oof. feel like a checklist because I mean, like it bounced around with no rhyme or reason. Uh, and then just everything was just very mean spirited, <laughs> just like exceptionally so. I mean, we're talking uh, uh, Jewish jokes. We're talking jokes about uh, people beating up Asian people for oh, you know no. the coronavirus. Like basically, the premise of that one. I'll just go ahead and spoil it. The premise of oh yeah, I'm not gonna watch joke, it was that uh, he was saying that he got coronavirus and nothing happened. And he acted like that was a big deal, even though he earlier stated that he got the vaccine. So it's like, well, that's why you <laughs> didn't get fucking sick. But then he was like, I, I was watching all of these black people beat up all these Asian people, and I realized that's what's going on inside me right now. Like, oh... Wow. Oh, no. Like several times I was very unclear 
about like where the punchline even was. And I was like, oh, that was it. That was the joke. Okay, on to the next thing. Just um, just hateful comments yeah, over and over it's again. Not, it's not just so the thing that really, really gets like I feel I feel that um that plenty has been said by much more qualified people than I am about all of the transphobia. Because, I mean, he makes, that's the thing that is so very frustrating about is that he will occasionally make some good points and then the very next thing will just totally drown it out with, with, you know, just something genuinely distasteful. Where it's like, it's not just, it's not just that it doesn't feel, it's that it is in poor taste, you know? Yeah. Where, Where it's just like, oh no, dude, that's just like, not only is that not a very good, like... It's not a very well-constructed joke. It's not funny. And it's not funny just because of, like, cultural shit. It's just not – it's just lazily written. It's just relying on shit that, like, a lot of your peers gave up on a very long time ago. Like, he even hits us with, like, the LGBTQPXZ3. Like, he hits us with one of those. That joke's from, like, ten years ago. Dude, that joke is from, like – a long time ago. That joke is I mean, back when they like added the first extra letter to like the acronym. You gotta like, remember How many that ten do you expect me to remember? Ten years ago was 2011, dude. We were in high school. People were just finding out about the letters then. That's it was totally that. ten years ago when that's people that. were making that joke. That's that's oh man. <laughs> yeah. But I, I mean like there's that and there's just the the general defensiveness of the entire thing um but it, it it's also what is so wild to me is how self-congratulatory a lot of it is um especially about the fact that he walked away from a ton of money when he realized that too many people were not laughing like at the character tropes that he or or like the the racist tropes and like the characters that he was playing they were laughing like at it and not like with him at like stupid people that believe that kind of shit right that's like why he walked away and then cut to 20 years later he brings up the bathroom bill in north carolina and one of the audience members is like woo like hell yeah and he has to specifically be like, well, no, it is bad. Ooh, buddy. But don't you see what's happening here? Don't you see what you're doing? You're the guy that sucks yourself off to the thought of, like, all this money that you walked away from. And at the same time, you don't see the danger in all that you're saying and doing Sick. now. It's and also like, like intellectualizing uh, this shit and like giving because all you're doing is just loading that clip, baby. You are giving alt writers and incels and just the worst of the dregs of 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 political thinking. You are just giving them nothing but ammunition to fire back at people, thinking that they're the smart one. Because well, if Dave Chappelle that cool black guy that like gets it about race if he thinks that turfs are cool turfs are cool no not even to and i don't want to talk about it because two white guys shouldn't spend too much time on this detail yeah but i do want to point out the irony 
of a of a black American saying that a law preventing people of a certain kind from entering certain spaces is a good idea. He didn't That's say it was just, a good idea. He didn't. Well, say no, it was but a good idea. oh, he said. So wait, did he say the law was bad? The law that prevents so it was bad, or letting it, it happen up, is bad? But then, like, some of the audience cheered for the law, and he had to be like, no, "Oh, no, I misunderstood." Bad. I misunderstood what you were saying there. I was like, wow, really? Okay, so but he's he not that crazy. He doesn't crazy. Like identify <laughs> it as bad for the wrong reasons. He basically said, or he does identify it as bad for the wrong reasons because he basically just says that it would be like really weird if like a chick came into the bathroom and stood beside him at the urinal and like just pulled out a big meaty cock. That's like a direct quote. That's like how he words it also. He's like, I don't want that. And it's like, Dave, holy shit! Even in trying you, to like say the right thing, you're just you're just getting it. <sighs> that type of shit is so annoying too, because it's like, dude, like, what? Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. Like you, you've had to have like been around just so many queer people throughout your career like how have you not no that's the thing is that he even ends the special with like a story about a trans friend of his that like killed herself and like the final bit is that he wants to tell that person's daughter like uh your father was a hell of a woman and it's like dave this person's dead this person's like pretty freshly dead from suicide he also makes some kind of joke about it being badass like how he knows that she was really a man because like she jumped off a building that's a very manly thing to do or something what i like that's that's how it like it's not just and that's what it's like he literally reduced like someone's suicide to not he reduced he took someone's suicide yeah. about the lack of accept probably yeah. you have to imagine a an oppressed person's suicide has has a lot to do with their oppression and societal rejection sure. so so he takes that suicide and then makes a joke at the ex, like literally a joke that reinforces that exact type of oppression that like contributed to them killing themselves correct and then justifies it by saying that she would have loved the joke not the point dave and then also goes on the attack and is like it didn't help all those people that attacked her after like she defended me for my transphobic jokes like two specials ago like dave i mean like i truly the mightier fallen and just like spectacular absolutely um Hindenburg level like going up in flame I mean just truly something to behold because it, I mean it's just like he was he's been really flirting with it these past few specials and then this one he just completely self-immolates it's um, just so it's so weird to me that someone who is such an important cultural figure like Dave Chappelle mm-hmm. and like not only hugely culturally important, but also like y- very successful, very young. Like Dave Chappelle yeah. is not young now, but yeah. like. But he was he's... when he got mega successful. Yeah, he got mega successful, mega young, and you 
And you would just like think that someone with that success, because so many people are when they get super successful, super young, tend to just be more left leaning because it puts you, especially in entertainment, puts you around a lot of different kinds of people. And I really do mean like all the kinds of people. Yeah. Because that's just part of it. Like it becomes, I, you know, I haven't experienced it obviously, but you witness it and it's like, oh wow, like you really do meet a lot of different people, even when you're not that successful. And it's like, how do you not, how do you like take those experiences and then do some special like that where yeah. you're just like alienating people? That said, well, the, Dave Chappelle has always been anti-queer. That's like, the, but his best, jokes have never been on the side of any queer person. So I think the best thing that I've, uh, and, 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 you know, this isn't my thing, which is why I feel comfortable in saying that this is the best like assessment that I've heard about it is um, at one point he brings up the point about how like this trans person who is criticizing him is fine and good to talk about marginalized communities until she's ready to like call the cops and then like reverts back to being white, right? And I mean, like, there is a point to be made there, but I think I that was the one that was really the one moment that I was like, okay, you know, you're so close, you're so close to saying to like getting onto something really important that I do think we should talk about. Uh, and of course, it crashes and burns. So like, the best. It's also counter- the wrong. It's the wrong community. It's also, there. I yeah. mean. Yeah. Like I I don't believe I don't believe you. Like I yeah. know that this is fiction because trans people don't fucking call the cops. Are you fucking kidding me? Well, the, out of out of the groups of people who need to be most terrified of police officers, it is black Americans and trans Americans. Yeah. <laughs> like you and, neither of those groups want to call the cops. Well, and that's what was so strong <laughs> about what this person it was someone on the NPR. Uh, and he was like, or maybe she, I, I, I don't, I'll say that because I don't know their pronouns, but they were, they, the question posed to them was, if you could ask Dave Chappelle one thing, what would it be? And they're like, I would ask him, do you know that I exist? Do you know that there are queer and trans and gay people of color out here struggling? Because everything that you've said implies to me that you think that this is solely the domain of white people and i'm here to tell you that i'm here (laughs) like which is true it's also just like yeah it's it's which is yeah you're making it worse for people who are like the most marginalized because of course no one is more marginalized than a than a black trans woman so it's well but that's the thing is that he really like this entire special really and this is the last thing but like it really does uh, uh, it's like on the one hand he is criticizing uh, like the marginalized Olympics while actively participating in it while actively being like oh you know like if our group had the respect that your group does like we would uh, slavery would have been done with a long time earlier it's like what are what like why are you why is this a comparative analysis where you're going through and being like, oh, my people have suffered more in X, Y, Z ways. It's like, oh, man, but didn't you just get on that? Aren't you yeah. just criticizing that? Not, Not five minutes ago? 
Yeah, not the argument to take. Like not the argument to take. It's you don't want to start means testing oppression. <laughs> but That's this is a... this is going to be a a pop culture heavy episode. Uh, yeah oh i want to talk about the next thing so i didn't i didn't look anything up harrison Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it just fell in my lap so i actually know about what we're going to talk about but Mm -hmm. i did not look anything up after hearing stuff so i don't know any details that's the thing tell me what you know i would so all i know and so you listeners know what harrison and i are talking about Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um is that apparently and again this is just this is just what i've heard secondhand Mm -hmm is there's a new Superman comic mm-hmm. and his son is bisexual. Yeah. And and the world's flipping out about it. Well, so here's the thing. This this has a surprising amount of layers. Um and this is something that I weirdly uniquely qualified to talk about in one aspect, but not all of it, which is why I'm actually excited to talk about it. Um I'm the other aspect, aren't I? Ha ha ha. Well, I mean, I guess so. Oh. Now, now, now oh. that you, I, 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 I more admit that I had no right to talk about how to feel about um, certain parts of it, but I can give the 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 comics background to this. So, oh, it came yes, out. Please. Superman is bisexual. Okay, that is Superman cool. himself. Well, yes, not in the way you're thinking. Clark Kent is not, but John Kent is the Superman for the planet Earth right now. Uh, In the comics, like that's that's like the backdrop that like everyone is missing, and we're like it was really frustrating when people were like, "It's cheating," you know, like you can't say that Superman is bisexual. Yes, you can. He's Superman. Like that is his (laughs) name right now. Everybody calls him Superman. Because Clark Kent <laughs> is like stuck on like another world. Like basically, he found out that there were some surviving Kryptonians on this far flung planet and they're basically held in captivity. And he's the only one that can help. So he has to. And the only reason that he feels comfortable to help is because his son, John, has recently been aged up through a series of comic booky nonsense. It was like he, he shoots from like 10 to 17 really quickly. Fun, fun. Yeah, um, but it, 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 so he is Superman, and that comic has been marvelous thus far. So hold on, I'm going to pause right here just to Damn break it. it down to make sure I'm following correctly. Mm-hmm. We got Superman Clark Kent, the Superman everyone knows, Yes, married goes Lois away Lane. into space. and he. But before he does, yeah. he has a baby with Lois Lane. Mm-hmm. Their baby's name is John, because mm-hmm. of course it is, yeah, and then... Yeah. And then Superman leaves to to do a thing. Yes. And then and then Johnny Johnny Super mm-hmm. becomes Superman, Superman. And and now he's Superman for the planet Earth, which makes him Superman because uh, no other planet matters in a comic book universe. Yeah, he's Superman. I mean, okay. like like he is for I'm all there. intents and purposes, he is Superman. Like he 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 has fully taken on the mantle. Okay. Which is cool. why, like, it's not cheating to say that Superman is bi because he is he's fucking Superman right now. You know? Like, that's not... that's like He can do all the stuff. He's Superman. Spider-Man is black in Into the Spider-Verse. And it's like, this little Spider-Man, that's Miles. Like, fuck you. Miles is Spider-Man. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, like, this is... I hate that. 
I'm also, I'm not going to lie, going to be a little pissed if there's no live action Miles in the, in the new Spider-Man movie. There won't be one in this upcoming movie, but there will be one very soon. Okay. Uh, just because like Disney is not going to leave that cash cow on the table. They wouldn't. They won't. They won't. Because oh, above not. all, they favor money and like nobody makes money in modern comics like Miles Morales. The first appearance of Miles Morales at a 9.6, which isn't even the best you can get. The the well, Technically, the best grade is a 10, but you you I've never seen a 10. A 9.8 is, is basically the best. A 9.6 fetches $1,200. This, wow. book, this book came out 10 years ago. <laughs> there are millions of copies of it. And each of them cost $1,200? $1,200 in not even the best condition you can get. Like Yo, $1,200 that's incredible. for something with like, it could have a couple spine takes. Basically, it can have a small accumulation of defect is like the terminology. Wow. Um, but it, 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 yes, he's coming. He's absolutely coming. And I can't fucking wait for it. Um, because honestly... That 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 this is a weird aside, but what I fucking love about Miles is that he he's cool. I mean, like, there's something very charming about how like nerdy and like dorky Peter is, but having smooth powers, like the sick powers of Spider-Man, with someone that is just smooth as silk, you know, carrying it on. That's that's great. That's, it's true. That's good eating right there. It's it is nice that Miles like interacts with other people, and mm-hmm. it's not the most awkward thing you've ever seen. Yeah, because Miles Peter friend, Parker dude. is an awkward motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, super and uh, super awkward. And I mean, like, there's that's that's fine and good, and we have plenty of comics that exist that are like that. But like oh, Miles yeah. is just like just the best and freshest update on on. A comic book character that I can think of, but honestly, John Kent is giving them a run for their money because there's a few things I really love about John. Um, this comic specifically has him tackling some real world issues that are like a little more fictionalized. Like there's a super villain that has like an island nation, okay, and the people are are there. Like, it sucks to actually live there, despite the fact that it looks like a paradise. And some refugees are trying to escape. And Jonathan is basically told, like, you can't do anything here. Because, like, you can't break this international treaty that we have with this country because you're technically an American. And then when it comes down to it, he's like, fuck it. (laughs) And he just, like, swoops the boat up and delivers them to Metropolis and it's like, these people are under my protection. If you have a problem with that, you take it up with me. That's awesome. <laughs> Honestly, awesome. I like. I don't understand why there isn't more of, like, th- my biggest problem with all Superman mm-hmm. stories is that there isn't more of that shit constantly. Like, well, when, when you are an invincible yeah. being, yeah. like... When you can there's just anything. no yeah there's just no reason for which like again i get it he needs to be a hero and it kind of once you embrace that a little too much you you can't really be a hero anymore right but like 
also like how how would you not like yeah. how would you just know that like that no one can kill you yeah yeah, yeah. like you can and, hear like, them yeah it doesn't matter if the president doesn't want you to do something what are yeah. they gonna fucking do yeah. like <laughs> yeah well and that's what so that is largely what this story what what this writer has chosen to make this run about is that john calls his dad out and is like why haven't you done more like we have these powers we have the ability to step in and to do the right thing no matter what why haven't you and yeah. and he, I mean, his answer is great. He's like, this is my adopted home. So in some ways, I don't feel that I have a right to tell like these people how to live their lives. I can only lead by example. That is but a good you, answer. You were born here. This is your home. You are you are like you're half human. This is that maybe you can be the one to finally do that. But also the story is getting into, like, the consequences of doing that, right? Good, hell yeah. And the fact, and the fact that, like, you can't, you can't just do that and expect there not to be, like, real-world pushback, um, which is great. So, uh, anyway, on to the bisexual thing. The only – so, first of all, if you're reading the book, this is abundantly obvious. I mean, this has been brewing for a few issues – He's got this. He's got this friend, Jay, who's great. He's a reporter, right? And like, it, there's this great scene where he takes Jay home to dinner, and Jay is more excited to meet Lois Lane than to meet Superman. <laughs> oh my God! Like, I'm your biggest fan. I have a picture on you all, of you on my wall. Not in a weird way. Like, I just. Um, oh wow! Yeah, and it's just and it's just very cute. And like, there's there's also just like a big emotional reason for Jay to be there because John is struggling with all this stuff and the fact that like sooner than expected Clark has to leave earth and he's like, okay, you're Superman now. And he's like, I don't know that I'm ready. And his dad is just like, no one ever is. Right. And there's this, there's also a great thing about how um, John has gone to the future to join uh, the league of, um, uh, 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 the League of Superheroes. Okay, it's a it's a thing. It's a comic book thing. Um, but the Legion, excuse me, the Legion of Superheroes. Uh, but basically, he knows based on that that Clark doesn't come back because that history is already written. Oh shit! <laughs> He's like, I don't want you to go. <laughs> like that's what not... a fucked up thing to know. Oh. I know. I know. That's that's good writing. That's it, nice. It's dude, it's excellent writing. Um, but he puts him in this predicament and Superman's answer is fantastic. He's like, "Do you remember earlier today when we were like saving people from a falling building?" And he's like, "You didn't just save those people. You saved every person that they're associated with from years of grief. What you did today changed the future." I don't believe in destiny, but I believe in John Kent. And it's like, oh, 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 that's lovely. It is lovely. So now enter, now enter. Um, Our show is just turning into Harrison telling us why we should read this comic. It's an excellent comic, <laughs> but it, it, it also, like, that's the thing. Now, just given a little bit of backdrop, okay? So, like, obviously, 
obviously John is gonna is gonna you know have a romantic relationship with Jay. It's just you know everything has kind of been building up towards it. It's it's been fairly obvious. It's not this this isn't exactly news, you yeah. know. But it becomes um, official. It becomes official. So Fox News has to step in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Fox News steps in in just like the most jackass way possible <laughs> by course. having Dean Kane on. Oh, no. You know about Dean Kane? I hate that I do. I hate that I do. So this asshole can you explain to our audience who dean kane is oh absolutely yeah yeah yeah. dean kane played superman in a super shitty sitcom uh from the 90s called superman and lois uh that was just really bad and most (laughs) comics fans uh are eager to deride you know like it's just not (laughs) a good thing so they have this this ass muncher on to talk about uh, there's nothing wrong with munching ass. I want to take that back. He's a he's a nice save, nice save. Thank you. He's a bad. <laughs> he's just a he's a he's a. Wow, I really need to up my um my repertoire he, of insults. He's a poopy head. He's a poopy head. <laughs> he's a poopy head, and he's a poopy head because he keeps saying dumbass shit that just keeps showing his ass. How's that? Uh, that's good throwing, that's good it's a full moon over dean kane valley because he just keeps showing his whole ass that was in, poetic in in, in 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 the funniest ways possible like he he said something to the effect the last time they were mad about superman which is arguably worse because like superman saved like there was a an active shooter that tried to like shoot up their workplace and superman saved some people and they were like you know, not American citizens or something. So that was a problem. <laughs> you know, what the fuck is wrong with you? Um, but he said something like, you know, Superman used to be about truth, justice, and the American way. You'd never be able to say that today. And then the writer of Superman at the time retweeted it like, motherfucker, I had him say it this week. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and he's done the same thing. He's done the same thing with this. The entire Fox segment was talking about how Clark Kent isn't gay. It's like, um, okay, few things here. Uh, it's John Kent. He's bi, and fuck you. <laughs> Take those in whatever order you want. But- right? It's it's like it's so. Uh... Of course, they like didn't do any research to actually know the details of what they're talking about. No, why would? And they? also, like, I mean, is it is it really a problem to have a random queer superhero? First of all, a lot of superhero stories. I hate to break it to you, Fox mm. News. Kind of queer stories. Mm. I don't know yeah. if you're not in the queer community. Fuck ton of queer people love superheroes and it is because there is a trajectory of hiding your identity from the general public Mm. and then revealing your flamboyant ass caped ass self (laughs) 
to the world in these spontaneous moments of power and beauty. Like, I don't know, what could we could possibly compare that kind of life to? I'm I'm not, nothing (laughs) is coming immediately to mind. And in fact, now that you mentioned that, I didn't even think about that analog, but uh, early on in this series, he tries to have a secret identity. Oh, also Clark, um, Clark revealed his identity like a year or so ago so Uh, there is no more secret identity right that's fine that goes the same for john but he tries to get one he like tries to uh like batman forges an identity for him uh so that he can go to college and then (laughs) the first day of school there's a shooter which he of course has to which also the shooter is loading the gun with bullets that are have written uh thoughts and prayers on them brilliant that's but, pretty funny yeah. um yeah the shooter shows up so he has to reveal himself so he loses he, he basically gets forcefully out it right as, wow. as that's really nice and like again the very first yeah very i didn't poetic. even think about how that analog like applies here and he's talking about how like he wanted to do it on his own time and how he like he feels like he's lost something major now that he like can't hide um yeah it the yeah the overall point here is just that like it is it is one of the best superman books i've read in a long time and i'm an avid superman fan um it just it makes me happy it makes me happy and and one of the things i love is that the writer the tagline he keeps using because he he's for a long time alluded to that something like this was coming in that he keeps saying that like the superman symbol has to stand for something even greater than we've ever thought and it has to be above it all and like you'll like the classic tagline from like superman 78 is you'll believe a man can fly right and he's like i want people to believe that a man can do more than fly and like Ah, so like this is bringing things to fruition this is this is bringing story threads together and developing in in just like such a beautiful way that even though there is definitely especially in how dc rolled out this information right on national coming out day on on like very strategically oh of course several (laughs) several days before the final order cutoff for the book, you know, right? So, like, up your orders on this. This is going to be a big issue, right? In spite of all of that, I, I, I just, like, I can't. I have nothing but love in my heart for, like, this story and everything that it means. And there's just been too many people that have come out and talked about how much it means to them that it's just, yeah. like, I don't know. Like, I get it. I'm, I don't like rainbow capitalism any more than the next guy, but, like, this – this feels well, I mean, it doesn't way. matter. Like, you can re- any 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 form of activist uh, corporatism, mm-hmm. corporate activism, I guess is a better <laughs> phrase, um, is obviously tainted. But that doesn't mean its effect isn't good. Yeah, like it yeah. can have positive effects. It's just important to remember that these corporations, you know, do it's. As far as the corporation is concerned, it is just virtue signaling. Yeah. But 
it does that virtue signaling can still have an, an incredible effect on individual lives. Right. And that doesn't mean, and another, another point that I think is important here is that that doesn't mean that there weren't artists with pure intentions somehow involved in not probably not the decision making, but in the creation of something that they they genuinely think will either make an impact or will, will be, something positive to put out in the world yeah the artists aren't doing a bad thing yeah it's almost more callous to immediately imagine all of the like amorphous faceless you know corporate goons up there like yes yes we will get the gays to spend the monies with us and and (laughs) like not consider the 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 hundreds of people that go into like (laughs) any of 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 you know the hundreds of people along the production line Oh, absolutely. And I mean, actually fucking making any product when it comes into especially content, it's, you know, the reason a company might buy something or fund something could be virtue signaling. But what they are buying or funding was not made for virtue signaling. Mm. It is, you know, there's a difference between Uber putting a, a rainbow on their logo for a day. And, <laughs> you know, like an actual content outlet putting out material yeah. that actually can change things. Like, yeah. those are not the same sort of, of corporate action. Yeah. And also, I mean, like, one one thing that you said earlier um, is that, like, something to the effect of, like, some random hero. This isn't some random hero. Like, this is Superman. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, this is... This is the main Superman book right now. It's a big deal. You know? It is a big like, deal. Like, like say, say what you will about, like, all of the technicalities that go into it. It is, it is traditionally, there have always been two Superman books, Action Comics and Superman, and this is the Superman book, right? <laughs> you know, Action covers what Clark is doing. And then, and then you get to see like the, all of the Earthbound stuff, all of the stuff which I frankly typically favor. I like mm-hmm. Superman when he's in Metropolis and when he's with his people and when he's just being an inspiration to people. And this is this is that to a fuller extent than I think I've frankly ever seen anybody try to attempt yeah. with the character. Ah, oh, that's great. Well, I'm glad that, that honestly. We 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 started negative, and it's usually a negative show, but pretty positive today. I I, I think we talked. I think we we got through it. We we had to we had to talk it out. We had to talk. It I out. mean, I knew we didn't plan. Sorry, this. I had to tell you the plot of the entire Superman run. No, but I I mean, if if you're still with us, listener, I mean, I think it's nice not to give away the secrets here. But you know, we we definitely accidentally created a beautiful arc. We started with Dave Chappelle's transphobia and ended with uh with some positive news in the same realm of of queerness not exactly the same realm but in a realm of queerness so that's good we we're we're themed today i guess um let's uh leave uh i i think it's time we leave the uh queer realm and head to one of um just just really boring but also constant misogyny i think it's time for bad content what do you what do you think hit it
I guess we're uh, I guess we're back uh, from from that musical musical break. It was it was nice. Yes, it's no John Barry. <laughs> yeah, of course not. Uh, what does that joke mean? I have no fucking idea. <laughs> John Barry is the composer of the uh, theme of the franchise that we are about to talk about. Ooh, and what is the franchise? We're well, not we're not talking about a franchise. What is the movie slash franchise we are going to talk well, about? Well, we today? are yes, in honor of the new uh, James Bond, James Bond movie, uh, we are watching what I have deemed. And may no longer agree with. It's real. It's really bad, but, and we can talk about this a little. There might be worse ones. Uh, we are talking about what, what is absolutely one of the worst Bond movies, 1985's *A View to a Kill*. It's also a terrible title. Who puts "a" in a title twice? And especially in one that is that short. <laughs> well, that's the thing is it is very, very exceedingly loosely based on uh, uh, an Ian Fleming short story called From a View to a Kill, which is a much better title. Like, yeah. What the fuck didn't they keep that? All you had to do is keep one extra word involved, and it's and it's automatically better. Something about that preposition actually just kind of like excuses the rest of it. It's uh, true. When you put a in the front, now I'm thinking about it for yeah, the rest of yeah, the time yeah. I'm reading that title. Right, just drop the a. Like if anything, it should have just been view to a kill. Yeah, you know, a view to a kill. Very awkward. Very awkward. As Not to mention a really old movie. Oh yeah, um, Whew. it's bad. Good lord! I mean, everything is all so. Few little bit of backdrop about this movie. This was Roger Moore's final movie, okay, as James Bond. Well, that makes um, sense because he looks fucking old. He looks very old and bad, <laughs> and I don't love how much touching there is of much younger women. Oh my god. And like I know that all in in even today mm. all the James Bond movies are like deeply misogynist. Now mm. they are certainly less so with Daniel Craig's. It's, they get less so with each iteration. Mm-hmm. But they're still deeply misogynist, of course. Mm-hmm. But this movie is like holy shit, James Bond as a character mm. doesn't even he's not even being charming. He's no. literally just sexually harassing people in the oh, abs- him. Like left it's, and right. Left it is like right. disgusting. And the weirdest element of it is the characters mm-hmm. in the movie Fall for seem it. to be aware of that yep. and don't like him. Mm-hmm. Like, He's just a creepy, dorky agent. That's the other element. This movie is like comical, but not in the way that like old James Bond was. Like the original James Bond is supposed to be kind of funny. Mm -hmm. And like it's funny in a way that is like more misogynist. This movie is like, no, the misogyny is going to be hardcore and just blatant. The comedy is going to be like pink panther-esque it's, and just right right, right. It, it, it's, it's sticky, so weird <laughs> slapsticky uh uh a pun heavy so pun heavy. heavy reliance on puns uh but this is the movie that kind of forced a reboot with uh with, really yeah pierce brosnan yeah, yeah, yeah. 
No, actually. So there, yeah, yeah, yeah. There are two uh, actors that are generally not thought of when you think about the MGM uh, Bond films. Uh, the first is George Lazenby. Uh, Sean Connery did like five or six movies, was replaced with Lazenby, who left after a single movie, and they brought Connery back for one and then replaced him with Moore, right? So Moore did a bunch of them, like I think maybe eight. Um, and they all came out like two years apart. Like they were churning these things out like nobody's business throughout the 70s and 80s. But it peaked which also another thing is that like the bookends of the more movies are both really weird. Like, I, I mean, I mean, not only is this a bad movie, but like this is an aggressively strange movie in some ways. We'll, we'll get into it in a minute, but I was at first considering doing his first movie, uh, which was live and let die. Right, which both Live and Let Die and A View to a Kill have the best songs in the uh, entire franchise, in my opinion. Um, Live and Let Die, of course, being Paul McCartney, and then <laughs> View to a Kill being Duran Duran. Hilarious. Oh my god, that's right. Hilarious. Yeah, that's um, the problem, though. When it comes on, if you play Duran Duran, <laughs> I am only going to laugh, and I'm only going to think of sitting in the back seat of Harrison's Ooh. giant ass horrible Jeep in high school yeah. on a three hour drive to the beach yeah. and we find out his radio doesn't work. He's yeah. got no plugins for an iPod, right. but he does have the greatest hits on a two disc set of Duran Duran. And that is all we are going to be listening to <laughs> on our way there. Wild boys, Chris. <laughs> Wild uh, boys never die. <laughs> Wild boys always shine. Thank you. <laughs> Um, yes, of which this was one of the tracks, but, uh, the first movie that Roger Moore does is, is just like very racist. Just all of the bad guys are just black people in New Orleans that like practice voodoo and stuff. Yeah, it's a really, really strange movie, but that's not the one we're talking about. We're talking about the one with Nazi super children. That's right. Oh yeah. my god, yeah. That's the yeah. other problem with this movie. It drags so mm. often. Like it has these periods of like intense ten minute just boredom. Absolutely. Where I kind of just forgot what was happening because I completely zoned what, out. What? Like, Why would you need to pay attention to any of this? None it's true. Of it makes any goddamn sense. And also it just gets like like this again, this is the one that required a reboot in the same way that, oh my God, we will absolutely have to watch uh, Die Another Day. That is, that and this one, I think, are like the silliest the Bond franchise ever gets. Well, Moonraker, <laughs> Moonraker as well, because Moonraker just goes full sci fi, and that's just absurd. But. I see, I love how little you know about Bond. This I was like, I've Bond. never even heard of Moon. I know, I know, <laughs> and that's just that's delightful because like you have an image of what James Bond is in your head, and I'm just gonna fucking ruin it. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, you kind of already did with Roger Moore. Yeah, because for my entire life, I've known about other Bond movies, but mm. I've like relegated it to only Sean Connery, Pierce yes. Brosnan, and um, and the current guy. Daniel Craig. Thank you. I was like, I said yeah. his name like two minutes ago. Yeah. Daniel, <laughs> Daniel Craig. Yeah, every other Bond I have just like shut out of my like my knowledge and existence. Yeah, as well you should. As well you should. Because uh, 
they're not good. And even and even the ones that people are like, yeah, but the spy who loved me is not good. Untrue. I watched it last night. Not a good movie. <laughs> um, it has parts I like, sure, parts that are memorable. But like this, this one is so just silly throughout in a way so that is. I mean, and and you get it right off the bat in the ski scene, where then the second that he has a snowboard, they decide this is the time to play California Girls by the Beach Boys. Yeah. This is 1985. This song was old when this movie came out. Yeah, this is totally <laughs> like the guy who directed no. it really liked that song. And that's the whole... Not, I mean, also, that ski intro scene mm-hmm. is my big problem with it. And I didn't because I am... Un- I don't know if Roger Moore is known as a comical Bond in mm. his other Bond movies. Yes, he's, but, he's the silliest Bond by far. Okay, okay. Yeah. So me not knowing that and mm. seeing, I'm used to like funny things happening around Bond, mm-hmm. but like, I'm, you know, again, Sean Connery Bond, Pierce Brosnan Bond, like they're smooth operators. Yep. They're, and funny things might occur, but like they are not... I am not laughing at them. No. Like Roger Moore, like hops on a pair of skis and is like one of the worst skiers I've ever well, seen. He looks ridiculous. And and I don't know yet that this is a, like I obviously figure it out because it becomes very clear. But since this is the intro, I don't know this is supposed to be funny. So I'm just nope. like, this just looks like sucks. a guy who doesn't know how to ski. Like what's going on? <laughs> and then they just like. Will briefly cut to him like in front of just like the clear screen scene you've ever seen, just like pumping <laughs> on them poles. Like, oh, what? Oh, they're still behind me. Here I go. Oh um, my god. So that's another funny thing is that like I think there's a total of like four or five ski sequences in the Roger Moore movies. Like I think he actually was known for skiing. Uh, that's so funny and weird. It. But yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, then we get to the Duran Duran song, uh, which is all focused on skiing, despite that being the only ski adjacent scene in the entire fucking movie, right? Then they go to a horse race where they meet the villain. Where, Who is Christopher tell- Walken? Yeah, did I reveal that? No, that was a big surprise for me. That is excellent. A very young. Christopher I, Walken. I've never seen Christopher Walken without wrinkles until this movie. I hadn't either. It's kind. He's 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 like alarmingly good looking for how like weird you know he is. You know, like oh he's yeah. Like, oh no, I don't know how to feel about that. Oh yeah, it's like um, when you see a picture of one of your grandparents and you're like, <laughs> wow. Oh no, you <laughs> exactly. It's like you were. You were hot when you were 20, which totally makes sense, but I have That's never thought I'm of you hot. this way. Yeah. <laughs> but um so yeah, he's in and <laughs> his name is uh is Max Zorin. Which did you get the disclaimer in front of your movie? Like I did. I did, which made me immediately think this is very much named after somebody. <laughs> I I I need to do some more research into that because I I, I I can't figure out who they're who they're referencing. But there's a specific disclaimer that like Zorin is not the name of anybody else. We're not making any implications. It's totally a fictional character. 
I'm honestly oh curious, God. like, this could easily be a thing where it totally is based on someone, or yeah. they just happen to have, like, the most anal legal team on this, and they were just like, you never know, and yeah. they just made them put that in. Well, I I think I think it probably is semi-based on, oh, wow, Chris just think- let his hair down, letting it all hang out. He's <laughs> a Chris blouse <laughs> hey it rhymed that's close enough it for rhymed, now it um but yeah so uh, uh uh max zoran christopher walken here's another fun bit about this movie chris this was the first so you're aware of bond girls right the, yes. the terminology bond girls this movie was celebrated in its day for featuring the first uh black Bond girl. I mean, that doesn't surprise me. Well, that it, that it took that long. <laughs> yes and no. I think what is so upsetting about it is that it's like the first go around. Okay, she's a villain. Yeah, they made her a villain. She's the muscle. She's like the assassin. No, it is definitely super. It, I was saying it doesn't surprise <laughs> me that she's the first, but yeah, it is a a still a very racist depiction for for sure. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. Yes, it is. Oh yes, it is. And I uh, think that's Mayday. That's Mayday. I think they, by the way, is her name. Yeah, they kind of. I think because it was the '80s, they probably were like, "Oh, this is very empowering." Mm. And then because it was the '80s, yeah, they didn't know how to empower people, so they Other were just than like, to "Put her in a leotard thong." <laughs> yeah, and also evoke as many stereotypes as like possible which they also didn't like it's clear the way they did it it was like you were like we're unconsciously like building a stereotype uh-huh. i think which like makes it worse in many ways like yeah. that's <laughs> yeah like how deep-seated this was like wow yeah. you're just you guys are just terrible people you guys just <laughs> can't fucking help yourselves and that's the crazy thing is that you think you're helping you're not. Nope. You're sure not. Um, but so on on to the to the incredibly long winded and it had to be this long winded of an introduction because that's how long it takes to even figure out what this fucking movie is about. Because it starts <laughs> at a horse race, right? Where Max wins, uh, and they're all like, Oh wow, that's weird. Like you have a shitty horse that somehow won. Then uh, uh, Bond goes undercover as Sinjin Smythe. I don't know why that name is like welded into my memory, but it is. Because it's fucking weird. It is weird. Uh, and, and they goes, say it like every scene. Smythe. Sinjin Smythe. Yeah, he even says it like Bond, James Bond. Um, and then he goes undercover to like buy a horse from Max who is like paying people off for unclear reasons we find out that he's got like a nice Nazi doctor friend and the Nazi doctor friend is actually like supplying the horses with some kind of weird ass steroid where like you can remotely control its distribution into the horse's system, which is, you know, not with a micro. Yeah, they do. They do 80s sci-fi, which is there's a microchip and therefore we can do anything we want. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's a microchip involved and therefore it's fine. It's fine. Just, (laughs) accept it right there there's a lot of like rocky four level like that's not how technology worked at this time right i'm pretty sure that's not how <laughs> like, they talk about how computer like how great computers are and it's like 
they didn't have internet. What the fuck? Like, how good was a, was a PC <laughs> in the pre-internet age? They're like, oh, I can't live without my my computer. That's the one that tells me that you're actually James Bond. Well, yeah, which I guess yeah he used like the ARPANET. Well. Yeah, like, <laughs> you're telling me that you need to get him in a room, a full like more than 24 hours after meeting to identify him as oh that's James Bond right there. Uh, it's a James Bond, but yeah, you probably could have just like asked someone. Yeah, you probably yeah, just be like, hey, someone looks like James Bond. That kind of looks like James Bond to me. Um, I think a few things are the best <laughs> about this movie, despite how incredibly boring it is. And I did fast forward through a few parts because it just like if it was like a cool hour and a half, I think I'd like this movie. Because it's just so fucking absurd what, like, the plot ends up being. Which is that, like, this Nazi scientist actually, like, invented Max, right? Like, in the concentration camps, they were, like, drugging up pregnant women to see if they would have, like, super babies. And, like, only one of them survived, and it became Max. And, like, but there was the side effects, psychosis or like psychopathy or something yeah 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 whatever and uh not whatever that's a very important distinction um but first of all how do you know if there's not a single other test subject yeah where is your control uh and also i am very uncomfortable with the assertion that they're making, which a lot of people do, which is that, like, legitimate science was being done in those camps. And I was like, no, no, no. That's not what happened. They were shooting them full of nonsense, and then occasionally they found out, like, oh, this shit kills you. It's like, well, I guess that is kind of... That is true. I don't know. Yeah, that it's like it's it's one of those things where want to give a lot more of the, credence to that than it, yeah. than it historically has. Like you'll most famously hear people bring up the whole like, well, like the Nazis like discovered that like if you don't give because of experiments that did this, if you don't mm-hmm. give babies any human touch, but you feed them and give them water at a distance, but without any human contact, they die. And it's like, well, I feel like we didn't need to find that out because no one wanted to do that to a baby like that was never gonna be a thing anyone did so there was no need to confirm it as there and there are there are things that like so and that's my big point of contention and why i may be sleeping on the couch tonight uh pat Pat and i (laughs) got it in got got kind of into it um because she was like, well, you know, they, they did come up with some, like, big research on, like, macular degeneration. And I was like, I show me. She was like, I don't know. I just, like, I know that's true. I was like, I don't. I don't believe that's true to the degree that you're saying it is. Uh, anyway, it escalated where I said something to the effect of, like, well, you're you the one. You I don't know if you want to say this on a, on the podcast, whatever it is. <laughs> Yeah, fine. But <laughs> I mean, just just out of out of the hopes that you don't have to sleep <laughs> on the couch. 
She doesn't listen to this. But anyway, no, I'm kidding. Uh, uh, you're right. The 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 uh, the point is that the villain is like basically an anti Captain America. He's like a Nazi super soldier. <laughs> Uh, Which he, like, kind he, of isn't, though, because he's a megalomaniacal, megalomy is that right? Mm-hmm. Megalo, nope. like, megalo, nope. megal, he's a crazy, megalom, megalo, oh, man, now you it's hard. me up. It's hard. No, I can do this. <laughs> Megalomania, megalomaniacal. Nailed oh, that. wow. He did nail it. He is that billionaire, is the next word. And yes, and like so, that's like that's every Bond villain. I don't know why they would like also throw in a detail that he's like some kind of actual like super powered thing. Right. He doesn't have superpowers, but like they're making it out to be like. Well, he kind you know, of does. Like I guess it, he kind of does because he fights Bond exactly once in a hilarious scene where <laughs> where through a series of nonsense events, uh, they end up on top of the Golden Gate Bridge. Um, oh my god! And like they hop out of the zeppelin, and Christopher Walken grabs a hatchet and just fights them on top it's of the true. Golden Gate. They're just like bridge. on one of like the load bearing pipes of the Golden Gate Bridge, yep. and like it's effectively just Bond running away from Christopher Walken, who amazingly can run up a pipe mm-hmm. on the Golden Gate Bridge with an mm-hmm. axe without sliding yep. off. Like, well, because he's a super Nazi, duh. Apparently, of course. But yeah, it's plan, uh... and this is where it really gets me, his plan is so similar to like uh, Goldfinger, where the plan was not to steal the gold, it was to uh, make the gold irradiated, thus decreasing its value, thus increasing the value goldfinger's gold pretty smart uh he wants to get rid of silicon so that like his chips are worth more right but here's what gets me you're telling me that somebody has a plan to destroy silicon valley and they're the bad guy Mm. well i think that's just an age that's no, an I age know. movie i know. You know come on i wanted to have a funny joke and you wouldn't even let me have it I'm not going to let you have it. Well, because it's we, no, we talked pour, about the 80s too much. Silicon Valley pour, wasn't evil yet. <laughs> they're going to pour salt water into the San Andreas Fault or something and cause an earthquake that destroys most of the silicon. Which also, like, State. how the hell do they come up with that as... Uh, one, why would causing an earthquake be at all what you're trying to do? And two... How would pouring salt water into it affect it? There's already salt water in it. It runs into the ocean. Like, it's, <laughs> I, don't I don't know. Understand. They plant a bomb too, or something, because like Mayday blows up. Like Max. Oh, that's right. Oh my God. There's so many parts to this movie. The other, I I will say, is one of as we wrap this up, one of the most boring aspects of it to me. Are the fight scenes? Oh yeah. Over and over again, I was Real just bad. like perplexed how I could be watching a, a air quotes classic Bond fight sequence, and I was like, there. I feel nothing about it. Like I just yeah. don't care at all how so this that, turns out. That's the thing. <laughs> this is the sort of Bond that gets played like past midnight at the Bondathon, right? This is not a well-remembered or liked uh, entry in the franchise, so much so that it had to be rebooted with, like, 
a postmodern, more hardcore, uh, like the Timothy Dalton movies are actually pretty good. Uh, the Living Daylights is uh, is okay, and License to Kill is surprisingly good um, because it's just like tough, you know. <laughs> like it just eschews all of the comedy, and like the whole point of that is that uh, uh, they kill Felix Leiter, and Bond just goes and murders everybody involved. That's it. Whoa. That's the plot of that one. Yeah, that one's really good. Um, that one also has uh, uh, oh man, what is what is his name? It's not Antonio Banderas. It's um Benicio del Benicio Toro. del Toro. I don't like that you knew who I was going for just based <laughs> off of the wrong. Spanish actor. I mean, but, let's let's face it. When you when you're wrong about, I'm not sure Benicio del Toro is Spanish though. I thought he yeah. Would, in the second, I think I he's Mexican. That, yeah, the second I said that, I also regretted it. Um, so that's good. I've just botched the ending. But yes, there's there. a surprise. Uh, like a Benicio movie. del Toro, a young like we're talking teenage Benicio del Toro plays like a henchman in that uh, movie. Yeah, and yeah, he yeah. could totally be an honest-to-goodness Bond villain these days. Good Lord, why hasn't he been? Because Javier Bardem got the last slot for someone with an accent. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Hello, James. Welcome to my <laughs> island. I am the first gay character that has ever been in a Bond film, and I'm very weird and villainous. Yeah. Yeah, of course they made it a villain, though I will say Javier Bardem did an amazing job as oh, he does he at all. Slapped and Skyfall is great, but yeah. you know. I love Skyfall. All right. Things never change. We're 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 getting well past the hour here, the hour mark. Um the any hour. final thoughts on, on Bond? This was this was the movie you picked for this week. <laughs> it was the movie. Boy, it was torturous. Um, uh thank you. Um it's just yeah if you're looking for an exceptionally silly bond one that is just disgustingly 80s uh with a with a bond that is just it really does contextualize how weird everything bond does is you know sexually because the second that he's too old it's very strange and it's like he's not being more sexually aggressive than any past iteration it's just the fact that he's like fucking 50 it's really, really Still. creepy. Well, and it's blatant. And again, I haven't seen any other Roger Moore Bond movie. Yeah. But like, well, okay, one the, of them is called Octopussy for Christ's sake. I think. Yes, but even that movie, I've seen Octopussy with Sean Connery in it. And oh no, that's Roger Moore, baby. Really? Yep. Then I haven't seen Octopussy. <laughs> um, but like the Sean Connery ones, for example, yeah. are older. And those are like super misogynistic, but they have like there's some tact to it. They're trying not to be gross. Like this movie right. was just like every time he flirted with someone, it wasn't flirting. It was him just yeah. being like, "Yo, I wanna, I wanna like fuck you," yeah. and like, and like you should not, not you should want me to, or like do you want to, but like you will. Like I am saying that this is gonna happen. And then, and therefore, if, and then it does, or it happens immediately, depending on the context of when he says it, which is just like extra gross. creepy and gross and yeah. rapey and horrible. It's, yeah, it's a it's a bad movie. It's um, a bad movie. But yeah, maybe if you want to watch something 
good. Um, License to Kill. Yeah, License to Kill is good, honestly. Skyfall. I hear the new Bond movie is fun. I have Um, heard that. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I had to watch A View to a Kill first. Honestly, I'll probably love the new Bonds movie with that as my next comparison. With that as your guiding star? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like anything after that. Oh, man. Yeah, we will. We Well, you know what? No, we'll put it to the fans. If you want us to cover another Bond movie, let us know. And then further... If it gets to that second round, I will curate a list of just like the worst of the worst. Because I I forget that I do know a fair amount uh, about the Bond franchise. I've just I've seen all of them. I'm pretty sure I own all of them. Wow. Um, they haven't. They just you know they do not age well. But I have very fond memories of the Thanksgiving Bondathon. Um. So yeah, I know which ones are bad, and if you're extra good dear audience we might even throw in the one non-mgm uh bond movie with connery which is miserable oh miserable i'm not even sure i want to watch it it's like it's just like view to a kill was you know funny in some places never say never again is just awful throughout um yeah so let us know in the All comments right. below, there are no well, comments below. This was All a pretty, right. pretty fun ep. Uh, I'm, I'm happy for everyone this week. We didn't even talk about how Lebanon's falling apart, or there's a big Ooh. conference on biodiversity happening Ooh. in Glasgow. So um, maybe we'll talk about that stuff next week. <laughs> oh, really? uh, b- bye. <laughs> <laughs>